Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the 1970. My name is Ed and joining me as always is Mark Damon. Let's go ahead and bring him in. We hope that everyone out there listening who celebrates had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. And before we get started, talking about City and Pochettino and Kylian Mbappe's kids book depicting him in a Real Madrid kit, uh, we want to check in with Mark and see how things are on your end. Mark, how's everything in New York? Well, it's cold. Um, we we just I just started to put up the Christmas tree, so Thanksgiving is officially over. Um, besides that, I have no complaints. I'm I'm doing all right. I mean, I think there's some people that may need some perspective, but that that's why I'm here. I'm here to I'm yeah. here to bring the sort of sober level perspective that I know our fans so desperately crave. Absolutely. And if you notice, I've got a little, you may not, if you're a European soccer fan, you may not know uh, what this I, this logo is here. This is Real Salt Lake. We got a big playoff game tomorrow against Sporting Kansas City. We knocked out the top-seeded Seattle Sounders by zero shots on goal, zero shots total. It was a very Pochettino-like um, performance from the, uh, the men from uh, Salt Lake. So, Looking for a big win tomorrow against Sporting Kansas City. So we'll see how that goes. So if you're just wondering what this logo is, that's it. I'm uh, getting behind my local team. you got to support your local team, right, Mark? Yes, you do. You always have to support your locals. Always, always. All right, Mark. I know you've been very vocal on uh, Twitter about Pochettino, and it all stems pretty much from that game against Manchester City, which... Uh, unfortunately, it was PSG's first loss this season in the Champions League. They they fall to City 2-1 at the Etihad. Um, tough game. Another performance where PSG just did not look great. Um, they actually took the lead for a little while there uh, when Kylian Mbappe scored in the 50th minute. But then City came back and, and took the lead late on. Uh, um, so what, what do you want to say about the performance from Pochettino, how he set everything up, the loss in general, um, take it from there. Well, that's, that's, that's a very broad, uh, very <laughs> broad entry point. Yeah. Um, I, I said this on Twitter and I don't want this to just become me promoting what I say on Twitter. Cause I feel like I can, uh, give more substantive answers on a podcast than I can sort of on Twitter where I'm, I'm sometimes sort of saying things for effect. Sometimes I'm trolling a little, just a little, just a little trolling, not, not a lot of trolling, but a little bit. Um, so this really is a chance to sort of expand on some ideas sort of, of where they are, but let's, let's just stay with the two main kind of points of where PSG are this year. They're currently about nine to 11 points up in league Un through 14 matches, depending on how the other teams did today and how PSG do tomorrow, that number can expand or, or decrease a little bit. But they're still pretty far darn ahead of where everyone else is. It's 11-point lead over year. Nice right now in Liga. Yeah, and I would say Nice are probably been playing the second best of anybody. They'll play Nice on Wednesday, and I think we'll have – I think that'll be a really interesting good game to sort of judge where PSG are in the league right now. Um. And PSG have advanced into the round of 16 of the Champions League for what now? the We're coming on 10 years in a row that they've advanced out of the group stage ever since QSI mm -hmm. took over. So I don't think they've ever not advanced into the round of 16 in all 9, 10 years of QSI. So that's for what, you know, for where the club was 15 years ago, that's a pretty good accomplishment. 
So th this idea that, and we've talked about this before, I, I, I don't want to litigate the past, but it does have to be brought up a little bit here. PSG are not in any real danger. This is not an existential crisis where the team's just losing games and they're giving up four or five goals a game and they're not scoring any and the, the team has quit on the manager. And we've seen a lot of those lately. We saw it, you know, we saw it with Chelsea last year. We saw it with uh, Man United just, you know, this last month. We've seen actual crisis. PSG are not in crisis. I just, I, I have to emphasize that because right now PSG are in the exact kind of situation they would want to be in. And quite frankly, any team that draws PSG in the round of 16 is not going to be happy about it. PSG are the team that nobody really wants to play in, you know, if you're, if you've won your group, you do not want to see PSG in the round of 16. Bayern yeah. don't want to see PSG in the round of 16. United don't want to see them. Chelsea don't want to see him. So th this idea that, you know, this first four months of the year have been some sort of failure that would warrant PSG just firing their manager is, it, I'm sorry, it's insane. It's, an act it's actual insanity, and it's based on, I think, Tuchel winning the Champions League with Chelsea broke some people. I think it mm. I think it broke some people and it broke their perspective on how this sport actually works. Look, Thomas Tuchel was not going to do that with PSG. It just wasn't going to happen. He didn't want to be here and the club didn't want him here and the team was struggling and the team couldn't score goals. So they got rid of him and they brought in Pochettino. And then Tuchel went to Chelsea and he was able to do an absolutely unbelievable job. It doesn't mean that that was something he was going to be able to do here again. So let's get that out of the way. I think once that happened, once Tuchel won that Champions League, I think it really broke some people, and it it just threw the perspective way out of the window. Like, and I feel, you know what, I try to be sympathetic about this stuff, but I feel like I have the right perspective. I feel like I'm right. PSG have been a B, B minus, B plus, depending on the week, kind of team they haven't been a great team they haven't looked great they they have not had a lot of a performances this year it's a lot of solid b performances and with the talent that they have they should be doing better than b performances that's pretty obvious like it doesn't take a you know it doesn't take a an analytics expert to understand that the point i've always made is that you don't judge coaches based on analytics at least high profile Sporting, you know, sport sports clubs don't do that. That's not how that works. So, you know, if the idea is that PSG are gonna all of a sudden fire their manager because, you know, the the analytical stats show that PSG are outperforming their level of play and that eventually that will return to the mean, there's two flaws with that theory. One, sometimes you know, that's not only a symbol of a team outperforming, but there's something to outperforming your mean that shows that you have some talent and it shows that you can raise your average level of play. The idea of reverting to the mean 
is solely based on the fact that PSG are going to stay at this mean forever and that they're not going to improve. So if you stay at this level forever, if you stay at this level till the end of the year, eventually, yes, you will revert back to the mean. But if your level and your average play increases and you get better as the year goes on, then you don't revert to the mean because the mean is higher, if that makes sense. So that's all I'm saying, which is when you win matches, you buy yourself time to improve the club. And that's really what Pochettino is going to have to do, because it seems pretty obvious that he's going to stay till June. And it's also pretty obvious he's probably not going to stay very much beyond June. And we, and we should so, say that there was a report, I'm just reading in the uh, Athletic, from Adam Crafton, who said, quoted, that Leonardo, we do not want Pochettino to leave PSG, and they've had no contact with Zinedine Zidane. So to your point, him sticking around, at least publicly, PSG are saying that Pochettino is going nowhere soon. Well, yeah, and what's your definition of soon? I mean, I don't yeah. think he lasts. I don't think he lasts past June unless they win the Champions League or make the final. I, I, I think you know, semifinal is obviously the minimum mm-hmm. with the talent they have. They should really make the final with the talent they have, and and that's really what's going to be. And yeah, it's a risk. You know, they may they may lose in the round of sixteen because Pochettino is not able to bring this thing together. Well, but let, let it, me ask you, if Zidane is interested and PSG can sign him, let's just say, would yeah. you would you sack Pochettino right now if it meant that Zidane would come in and be the manager? I think you'd have to, there'd have to be a context to it. If, if, if you could get, if you could offload him to Manchester United, yeah, I think that would be a situation where you would do that. I think, what if you just sack him, pay whatever his contract is, and you get rid of him and bring in Zidane? That, that's simple. Would you do it? I mean, if they could do that, you think they would. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I do too. I think if that were a realistic possibility, I, I, I don't know if Zidane has to come in in the middle of the year. I think there's clearly an interest. I think Zidane is probably, you know, if we're, we're going into betting markets, Zidane's probably going to be the next head coach, the next manager. But he could come in in July and, and have a transfer window, or he could come in now. I don't know if Zidane's the kind of guy that wants to come in in the middle of the year, you know, Unless the situation sort of evolves the I mean, way what, that... What more of a transfer window would he need after last summer? I mean, if he can't come in in January, let's say, let's say PSG sacked Pochettino on Christmas like they did Tuchel, yeah. you bring in Zidane, I mean, with the talent that's already there, a manager. And and I well, think the, the, what the, the Pochettino... Team, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just I, think, I, think, I think there's a reason that he would, would want a window in the sense that PSG have one major roster flaw. And midfield, it's it's fatal if they can't figure out a way to sort of work around it. But, you know, that I'm not sure he would want to come into a team that's that has that sort of fundamental flaw in it if they if there doesn't seem to be a way to get around and fix it. But um, I, I think with Zidane, I think a lot of that was sort of overblown to a degree. I think the rumors when. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was fired at Manchester United, sort of accelerated things. And I think people got ahead of their skis a little bit with that. 
it's very rare that PSG don't want to fire a manager midway through the year. They don't want to release a guy midway yeah. through the year. I think there's a, there's an opportunity. Pochettino is not a bum. Like, I'm sorry, he's not a bum. He, is he the best manager we've ever seen? No, but he's not a bum. I think his problem is like, he hasn't won anything anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and I I think there's and I've I've said that before. I think it's a I think it's a flaw in his resume. But he's going to win league gun if he stays around. And he took PSG to a Champions League semifinal in the two-legged format, which is, I would say, harder yeah. path than I think what Tuchel. he did with, with the roster he had was probably much, was a little harder than what Tuchel did in uh, August 2020 when he had to beat Atalanta in a single game and then Leipzig. Red Bull Leipzig in a mm-hmm. single game. So, you know, I, I think you can you can argue which one was tougher, but... I don't think what Pochettino did coming in fresh was, you know, somehow some negative. Like, he got the team to a Champions League semifinal against a really good City team. And we kind of circle around to the City game. And Manchester City are really good. Uh, Pep Guardiola has been there for, what, five years now? Long like, time. Like, this is a, a long time. Like, it, it, it really it – really, is a great sort of advertisement for sticking with a manager and sticking with a system as long as you can. Because for the first two, three years, Pep Guardiola's teams were out in the round of 16 or the quarterfinal, and they just were underwhelming for what they expected. And it's sort of, you know, it's built and built. And now I think you see that City are probably the favorites to win the whole thing. I mean, they did that without Kevin De Bruyne and Phil mm. Bowden. And, but like, see, they had a City, lot of guys out, and, and, yeah. and City were just – they're really good, and beating them on the road is yeah. not easy to do. PSG beat them at home, and I, I don't like this idea that PSG's win over City somehow doesn't count and that all of a sudden they lose to City. And it's like, of course they did. People lose to City on the road. That's what happens. Like – it's not it's not great the way they lost that game but it's not like it's not like you know other teams are going to do that much better in terms of possession against Manchester City it's I, almost like it's it's yeah. dishonest to criticize it's dishonest to overly criticize PSG for losing that game you can find things in that game that were bad but it's dishonest and it's and it's agenda driven to overly criticize them for that loss no variety in that game and i think it and should that's be what we'll get to but... yeah we'll we'll definitely get to him and i think it's easy if you're manchester city to stick with a manager when you have an upper echelon type manager like a pep guardiola there's not very many who are better than him he might be the best manager in the game psg have never had that they've always had a b or c level manager they've never got the top shelf uh, manager zidane would be that and i think if you were to get zidane you 10 years, whatever he wants, because you can't do better than Zidane, really. Because not only is he good tactically, he's got the resume, he's also been a player, and and the, the players at PSG will respect him immensely. And I, for me, I think that's Pochettino's biggest flaw, is that the players will not really buy into his system because he his resume is lacking, no trophies, and he doesn't command, and because of that, he cannot command a, a locker room, Sergio Ramos, right, Navas, all these, Neymar, Mbappe, Messi, how is he going to tell them what to do when he hasn't done it already himself, and they have, 
And I just think that that is what is going on here. He does not have the resume, and thus the players are not really fully buying into him. You bring in Zidane, the players are going to be like, okay, we're going to listen to this man. He's done it. As a player, as a manager, he's done it. Let's follow him. And I think that's why, if it were me, I'm, I'm with you. Pochettino really hasn't done anything to get sacked. But if PSG can get that top-shelf manager who has the resume, you go get him. And then you treat him like Pep. And you let him have four, five, six years to build something special in, in Paris. But they don't yeah, have that right now. You know, I'm probably with you on that. I just don't know how easily they can put that Zidane deal together. And if they're going to put that Zidane deal together, it would probably be in the winter break if it if it comes to that if you see psg losing a few of these games in december i think you might start having that conversation of okay they actually are regressing to the mean and psg and psg aren't sort of if you don't see that progress continuing i think november's been a better month than let's say october was but i think if you start seeing them lose a few games and you start seeing the the regression if you want to call it that, I think you will see PSG maybe make that move. So I don't think we're completely out of the woods here yet. If if you're Pochettino, I don't think you're really out of the woods yet. I think you got to yeah. finish. I think you got to finish December strong. I think he has till the end of December to, you know, to show that okay, the team's still winning. The team's still you know the team's still with it. I don't necessarily think the problem is that they don't respect him. Because I don't know if they, they – I think they respected Tuchel. I think they respect um, Pochettino. I think Pochettino's done things in, in in European football. It's not like he's done nothing. I mean, you'd like to see the trophies there, but he's defi- He's not a lightweight. I think there's elements of what they're doing that are working. I think you see the attack is clearly starting to get better. Is it getting better at a speed you'd like to see? Absolutely not. But there's there's a flaw with it that you know and, we'll, and I I put this on Twitter the five things I think PSG need to do. Let's get let's and hear the five things. things. And Mauricio and I'll, and I'll tie them into the city game as sort of a recap. So hopefully it'll make sense. I said there are five things that Mauricio Pochettino, assuming he makes it to the end of the uh, the season, which is not a hundred percent guarantee. As I said, by the end of December, if this team's starting to regress, I think there's a very clear chance that they may. Um, they, they may get rid of him, but um, let's say he stays. The five things that need to happen, one of them is completely out of his control. And that is Marco Verratti is, has become an incredible liability. I'm sorry. When you are off for four or three weeks, you miss international break, you're off for three weeks because you – bruise your hip and then you go to the you go to the training session the day before the game the big game against manchester city where you're expected to start and you're expected to be a key part of the rotation and you injure your quadricep and you miss that game and you have to now miss two weeks or whatever the hell it is that he's going to miss I'm sorry, the midfielder is an important position on the field. And Marco Verratti is really one of, if not their most important player when it comes to ball ball progression. The problem this PSG team has, and the problem they've had under Pochettino, is that they cannot progress the ball out of the midfield. 
What that does is it forces the front three to come back into midfield and sort of act as midfielders, and it doesn't allow them to play out of press. It doesn't allow them to generate the kind of fluid offense that you would want them to generate. That's really the big problem. And you look at what's behind Marco Verratti. He's a great midfielder. He's an amazing, you know, top-class midfielder when he's healthy. And he's able to progress the ball to those to those front three in a way. And you saw it against Nantes. Like that first half against Nantes, Marco Verratti was dominating. And they were really getting the ball to their front three in dangerous positions to score. And you take Marco Verratti out of that lineup, you're now down to Idrissa Gay, who's a good ball winner, but he's not really somebody who can pass his way out of pressure. Leandro Paredes, I, you know, I don't care how many times we see him over the years. He just disappoints me. Like, he's not he, – he's a good enough player for a league gun game, but he's he's just not Marco Verratti. And you can see it in that game. He's just not good enough to, to sort of fill Marco Verratti's shoes. And then you have Ander Herrera, who was pretty good, and PSG were doing what they needed to do that first, you know, 60-something minutes until, you know, Herrera gets hurt. And then you're starting to look at guys like Rafinha and Danilo, who are just complete wastes at this point. So, you know, no matter what Pochettino does, if Marco Verratti can't stay healthy, I'm sorry, PSG are not going to win the Champions League, no matter what he does. I don't even no matter the way the team's currently constructed, even if you bring in Zidane, even if you bring in, you know, some manager from the Austrian league or the Dutch league to manage the team, it doesn't matter. If Marco Verratti can't stay healthy, this is all a moot point anyway, because they just won't have the ball progression skill to play these elite teams. And they'll basically have to do what they did against City uh, on Wednesday, which was, you know, sit in and defend and try to counter. And there's no ability to sort of maintain ball possession if, if Verratti's not in the game. So, yeah. you know, the, the one thing that they have to do, one, the, you know, the one of the five is completely out of Mauricio Pochettino's control. The only thing he can do, and I'll get to it in the second thing they have to do, is to give him some minutes restriction and to just try to keep him healthy as best you can. Yeah, and I, I tweeted out about Marco Verratti. I think that he's great. We all know he's great, but he's never available when you need him. He has little flashes here and there. We remember the, the match that PSG beat Manchester City at the park earlier this season. He was phenomenal. Pep said, oh, I love him. I love him too. We all do. But, like, he's just never – not never. He's more than likely he is not available, whether it's injury, suspension, due to the yellow card accumulation, whatever it might be, he is just – Hardly ever available for PSG, and he plays such a vital position. So for me, January, you have to look and see where can you bring in a midfielder. Or do you look to some of your, your youth players? Could you bring in one of the, you know, Mishu or Xavi uh, Simons and, and bring them in and see what they can do? But do you want to play them in a big Champions League match? Probably not, but they could probably play in Ligue 1. I think they're in the squad uh, for St. Etienne on Sunday. So maybe that's the solution, but... It's a problem, and, and we've talked about this ad nauseum over the seasons about PSG's training, um, you know, the doctors and all that, and, and how players are just but look, so but I don't, fragile. But I don't wanna, no, but I don't want to 
I don't want to put it on the on the on the on the medical team sure. because he he's getting hurt all the time. I don't care how good your medical department is, unless you can give this guy a different body. It seems like PSG good. players are more than willing to. Oh, I, I picked up a knock. I'll be out two months, and it's like, yeah. come on, man, it's well, a bruise. Like, come on. Yeah, I, I understand that, but with with Verratti, I just look at it. I I put Verratti in a different category. I just put him in a different cat. I put him in the Javier Pastore category. I don't <laughs> just always brittle and injured. We're just always brittle and always injured. And, but you know that's why the the report came from you know Fabrizio Romano that you know PSG are going to try to make a big midfield signing and because they have to, they can't rely on this guy to be their number one guy, their number one midfielder. They need an actual number one that's young that can stay on the field. Even if it's Pogba, who's older, but at least Pogba is not hurt every every month. Like, you need someone that can manage the midfield, that can progress the ball, and stay healthy. And this brings us to the second thing they have to do, which is they have two midfielders in their in their under-19s. We all know this, Edouard Michu and Xavi Simmons, who have been buried in the under-19s. And we could, we could do a whole show on the sort of toxic relationship between PSG's youth academy players and PSG upper management. It's just a bad situation. And I think a lot of it stems from, I'll I'll do the short version. I think a lot of it stems from the Adrian Rabio, Tangi Kawasi um, disasters. I think a lot of it stems from that. And I think there's a distrusted upper management that these players and their agents are going to do the things that they say they're going to do. And there's an impatience in that youth academy with the amount of minutes that those guys are getting in the first team. And that's clearly a problem. It's clearly not well. I would say it's probably Leonardo's weakest point as sporting director is that he can't sort of integrate or at least help integrate the the second um, those those under 19s but at this point it doesn't really seem like they have much of a choice now does it because no Draxler no Herrera no Wijnaldum no Verratti so who's going to play midfield and you know what's going to happen and I'll tell you is that they're going to have they're going to start Danilo tomorrow and the fans are going to have an absolute eruption at it because I feel like Danilo has become this weird flashpoint player and I agree, he shouldn't be playing heavy minutes. He shouldn't be playing many minutes at all. If you bring him in the last five minutes of a game because he's big and he can use his head to deflect headers away, that I could maybe understand. But playing him in a Champions League match is just a disaster. And you saw it. Like, they just got worse when he came in for Herrera. Like, they just, the level went down. Yeah. That's when they and, when City started scoring. That's when they made their move, when he came in. It yeah. Was... But it... it they have to start playing these guys, Garby and Mishu and Simmons. PSG are 11 points up in league on. They're not going to get, no one is catching them. I'm sorry. I'm just, no one is going to catch them. So for these guys to not, to in honestly, and I've probably said this before, I don't give a damn about the Coupe de France right now. That's not what PSG should be worried about. I don't want to see Messi, Neymar, any of these guys playing in these Coupe de France matches. I really I've seen PSG win the Coupe de France multiple times. Let's take the Coupe de France off this year. Let someone else win it. Give it to the kids. Give it to the kids. 
Let them play. I really, no, I don't care. I do not care about it. I'm sorry. And that might maybe make me a bad PSG fan if I'm not I'm not supposed to care about this tournament. Like it's a big deal right now. It's not a big deal right now. They need to they need to win the Champions League. And anything they do in the Coupe de France is not going to help them win the Champions League. So there's no reason for Simmons and Michu and Garby to not get minutes in that. And I'm usually not somebody who's too overly excited to play 17, 18 year olds in in a game that's really played by grown adult men. But at some point these guys these kids are gonna have to get minutes. It's just the fact of the thing. And if you're not gonna give minutes, if you're if you're not gonna give these guys a chance, then you know, maybe you downsize your under 19s and you stop putting so much into your academy. If it's this great academy and you play none of these guys, maybe it's just a thing that's hold it, maybe it's just a thing that they shouldn't be putting all this investment into. I don't know. That's a choice they have to make. But as long as you have them, you might as well use them. And, and I think we're in a perfect part yeah. of the year to use them. And I like, think that there's all, a, an argument to be made, and some people do make it, that PSG should be utilizing their academy a bit more. You look at some of the players, Kingsley Coman, for example. You mentioned Kowasi. You know, if PSG would have focused more on bringing those players up and bringing them into the team, maybe they're not world beaters. Maybe they're not qualifying for the knockout stage. But maybe eventually they get there and they build it up slowly over time. It seems like PSG, by bringing in Messi and all these players, they're trying to skip a bunch of steps. And I think that's a big criticism that a lot of people have both outside of the fan club and and fans, that a lot of people think that they should be bringing those youngsters through, training them up and getting them ready to go. A little bit like Liverpool, you know, bringing players through the academies, some other English teams. But, I mean, where do you stand on that? Do you think PSG should yeah, move away li- from the li- superstars? Li- yeah, Liverpool. Like those 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 great academy <laughs> players from Liverpool. Virgil van Dijk, great academy player. Mo Salah, how many years did he toil in Liverpool? I'm like Trent Alexander-Arnold, for example, and they've got a few others. Um, um, Henderson, I believe, came through the academy, yeah. but like, you know, they, they kind of, it's a mix. Yeah, PSG, PSG had, PSG, okay, first of all, it's been 10 fucking years. So I don't know how many steps PSG have to skip at this point. Second of all, they gave Adrian Rabio every chance in the world they played him in big match after big match. He was a starter, no questions asked. And he he bolted out of town without even allowing PSG to give him a counteroffer. Um, he started talking to Barcelona three months before he was allowed to. Um, they gave Alphonse Ariola chance after chance after chance. Presto Kipembe still getting chance after chance. Like, it's not like they haven't. Yeah. And, and he's a bit of a head case. And I should just say Jordan Henderson came up through Sunderland. I was mistaken. But, yeah, Adrian Rabio is a unique case. But but clearly some, and they, they started Tangi Kawasi in a Champions League match. And you know what? Still he, left. He, he bolted. He split. So it's, this is not a one-way street here. This is a toxic relationship, meaning both parties are screwing up here. And I think they have to, at this point, though, if I'm Pochettino, I'm like, what difference does it make if I'm not going to be here next year? So who cares if Xavi Simmons doesn't re-sign with the club? Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to throw him out there if he's the best guy. And that's what he should be doing. The best guys should be playing. I don't care how much they pay Danilo. Like, you're not getting you're, – you're getting a ceiling with Danilo. You have to see what playing uh, Mishu and Simmons will get you. 
and maybe it'll get you something off the bench. And I think that's what you'll see in the game today on against Saint Etienne. I think they'll come off yeah. the bench because yeah. they have to at this point. There's they don't even have a Jusic Gay. I don't think they, there's a lot of guys they don't have. So let's just you know, let's just let's just do it. And you know, I I think I think they'll I think they'll be better off in the long run. And I think. Even if these guys don't sign up, I think it'll at least show that PSG are going to give those guys a chance. But again, I don't think that's a Leonardo priority. But if I'm Pochettino, I don't care. Well, you know and what I mean, me, like if I'm Pochettino, I don't care. If, I don't care yeah. what Leonardo's priorities are at this point. If I'm not coming back, yeah. Well, let me ask you about this. Let's go a little bit more on Pochettino and talk about Manchester United um, because there's all kinds of rumors. I don't get them, quite frankly. We've talked about Pochettino hasn't really won anything. And I'm curious why a club the size of Manchester United would want a manager like that. But um, he's rumored. Now, do you think that there is interest from Pochettino? We talked about maybe he'll be gone this summer. Maybe he's trying to make a move because someone could fill that job and maybe he does want it. So do you think Pochettino would leave for Manchester United, say, in the month of December? He wouldn't leave in December, but he'd leave. He'd want to leave at the end of the year because... This has not been a, a phenomenal time for Mauricio Pochettino here. Do, do, so they're interim. A, you think the a, interim man, manager at United will stay? What's his name? Ralph Ragnick. Do you think uh, he'll stay yeah, for the full yeah. season? I think he will. I mean, if you were going to get a guy to, to to be the manager for a month, why not just have your assistants that you kept around be the manager? That's fair. Like, yeah. Why would you? Why would you? Ha- why would you pay Locomotive Moscow money? for a one month intra manager. It's not like they, you know, with, with no connection to the club, it's not like Oli where, you know, they were able to just give mold a, you know, a bag of balls for him, you know, as a nominal fee to, to for, for Oli to go to his dream club. But I, I don't, I don't see Pochettino wanting to leave at the, at, in now. I think he'll want to leave at the end of the year. Cause this just can't be fun for him. <laughs> it just can't be fun to be, at a club with these expectations. And if, in fact, yeah. United is, if he sees United as a club with lower expectations where he can rebuild it, I mean, that's saying a lot of just about his mindset on how he approaches this thing. And that's fine. Different strokes and all that. But yeah. I think, yeah, I think he's around though. I think he's not going to ask to leave. I think if they struggle, as, as I said, if they struggle in December, he'll, he'll, he'll be asked to leave. But if they can show some improvement, I think they'll give it a shot going towards the end of the season. I mean, they kept Unai Emery around for a second season after the dude lost 6-1 to Barcelona. So, you know, let's not pretend like PSG are all gung-ho about firing managers and stuff. Like, it's not in their history to do that. Yeah, they gave him every opportunity. Um, Talking about Neymar and his lack of brilliance and goal scoring, and we saw him miss... um, that goal against Manchester City that was crucial. He missed that, and Jesus on the other end uh, capitalized. What do you make of Neymar's performances here recently? They haven't been great. Well, they've be been honest. better than they were. Better it is getting. He, I thought against City he did perform well, but this missing goal scoring opportunities it, it's something that's like gotten to him. I mean, it keeps happening. Yeah, no, it is. It's not. It's a thing. It's a real thing. But I, I wouldn't say it's in the top ten list of PSG's problems. Like and I, and I, I have to keep going on my list here because I I, I don't, I'm not trying to dodge I'm just I just don't think it's 
I think one Neymar is always going to be criticized more than any other player because there's a, there's a cultural element. There's a racial element to it with him, I think. And I usually, I don't like to throw that around loosely, but there's a, there's a racial thing going on with him. There's a, there's a, there's, it's just, it's not great. The, 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 the culture around Neymar and the media. So I, I try not to get into it, but. Well, um, the, the clowns on ESPN FC, F, uh, there's a headline, FC pundits lay into PSG for lack of effort, you know, so. I, I don't think the problem was lack of effort. No, they're idiots. I, I don't think, I, I, I think lack of, what do you mean, what do they mean lack of effort? Like, how do you define lack of effort? Like, yeah. what, what are they, jogging down the field? Like, no, they, they what happened I, with PSG, this is what happened. And yeah. I, this, I'm going to get to this third thing because it's really important. Third thing they need to do is change the formation because the formation's wrong. And part of this is because they haven't had Sergio Ramos yet. And I think it's going to be hard to judge this team until, um, until Sergio Ramos has been around for a, a month or two. And you can kind of see if he, if he's really made a difference. And I think he will make a difference. They need to be a back three because the fullbacks they have are not defenders. They're not classical defenders. They are get up the field and get involved in the attack fullbacks. And that's why they got them here. Nuno Mendes has been exceptional. I think he's probably the better of the two defensively. He's but been great. Hakimi's struggling. Like, if you haven't noticed in the last month, that graph Hakimi has not been particularly good. There will be no Hakimi slander on this podcast. I won't tolerate he it. <laughs> he hasn't been great. He's not been – he hasn't as good as he was. And part of that is because when you have the three of those guys up front, Hakimi's really not been able to, you know, he, he needs to be involved. He needs to be integrally involved in the attack. And what's happening is PSG are playing this back four with these two fullbacks who are not particularly classical defenders. And the two goals that City scored were the exact same goal, where basically the diagonal pass from one wing yeah. to the other 100%, to the fo- yep. one wing to the back post and PSG have given that goal up maybe 10 times this year it might not be an exaggeration to say that PSG are giving up the same goal yeah. all the time and that's bad and I'll say that that's bad coaching that's bad managing because you cannot keep giving up the cross from the opposite side to the far post Every single game, it looks like they're giving that play up. Mares was just wearing us out with that pass. But the reason they are able to do that is because you don't have fullbacks who are good in space. And then you have Presnel Kimpembe, who's not good in space. So now you have Marquinhos, who was a monster in that game. Nobody noticed it because they gave up two goals. But Marquinhos was exceptional. Yeah, agreed. Marquinhos is the only one that could read the space. Ramos can read the space. Ramos understands spacing, but Kimpembe doesn't. And when you have Mendez, Kimpembe, and Hakimi, who are three players who don't understand defensive spacing, and then you play them in a back four where three of the four of them are, all three of them are responsible defensively for world class players, it's not going to go well. And it doesn't even go well in League Gun when you watch it because it's just yeah. not, they're not defenders. They're not naturally they can they can defend on the perimeter like one on one. They're really good at that. Like Hakimi's great one on one. Nuno's great one on one. He had a couple of stand ups of Mares in that game. 
But what they can't do is read a ball in space. They're not good at positioning themselves for a ball in the air. And I said it in the first five minutes of the game when I was watching it. When the ball goes in the box, PSG are in trouble because they just don't have those kind of players. So what you have to do is you have to get Ramos in there and you have to have Marquinhos and Ramos and Kimpembe, who's able to then sort of stretch a little bit and go a little bit wider out so that he's not responsible in the box as much. You play those three, you move Hakimi and Nuno Mendes up a little bit so that they can get involved in the attack. And then you limit the liability of the team, which is your midfield. And you don't have to play three midfielders who are, you know, you, you, you don't, you don't want to be in a situation where you're playing Danilo, Gay, and Paredes. You don't want to yeah. be in that situation. Or, or Herrera, who, who played against City. Yeah, you don't want to be. I don't think you, you don't want to be in a situation where you have to play a, you know, a majority yeah. of your. So you, what you want is one guy in that midfield who can stick in and one guy who can be the ball progression, progressor. Once you have that, then you can get your fullbacks further up the field, which allows your front three to sort of come inside more and, and do more things. It gives you more bodies up front in the attack, and it allows you to string uh, passages of play together, something they're not doing when there's just the three of them and those fullbacks are not able to be as uniquely involved. So I'll put it like that. That so, Verratti's got to get healthy. Um, they got to get the youth in there, and they have to switch to a three-four-three. I just cannot see this team winning games with a. I can't see this team winning games with a with a four-three-three with the with the kind of midfield yeah. that they have. And I think that you need to put Donnarumma in there. I just think that he's quicker off the line. If you're talking about spacing and needing to cover balls coming into the box, having a much taller, more physically imposing goalkeeper who maybe is a little bit quicker, I think is is only going to help you. And I would yeah. make that decision Donnarumma from here on out well, as the starter. Well, well, that's the the fourth thing. That was the fourth one there. They have to stop screwing around with this. Because this is not this is now it wasn't counterproductive at the beginning. It's counterproductive now. Donnarumma is the better goalkeeper. Sorry, just is. Navas is still great, but he's not Donnarumma. He's not an elite level athlete like Donnarumma. He doesn't control the he doesn't control the box like Donnarumma controls the box. With Navas, it's too much scrambling. He can't come off his line, and that play against Nantes. Yeah, with the red card. With the red card was just inexcusable. It was an inexcusable because okay, what's the worst that happens there? If you just sit back in your line there. They score a goal, whatever. Whoop de doo. We're dominating the game anyway. We're probably they scored two goals with ten men. PSG. So this idea that they that not that Navas desperately needed to come out there to make a stop was just not you know it's just not accurate. It was just trying it was, too it hard. Was a mis, it was a misread of the game, and um, I, I think at this point it just you you have to go with the guy that you're building the future around who's shown in a European. It's not like this guy's never played in a big match before. Like the guy won a European championship in a shootout. So there's, there's not several saves. Yeah. Yeah. So no, this idea. Yeah. I, I just think it, it's, we're, we're done screwing around here. Like it was nice at the beginning. I think they've been respectful of Navas. I don't think they've, they've given Navas every opportunity they could give them. So, 
at this point, it's like you got to you got to do it. I think December is going to be like a decision December for Pochettino. He needs to decide, as you said, that formation. Ramos is back. He was been he was in the squad for City. It seems like he's ready to start getting some minutes. Go to that back three or not. Make the decision. Navas or Donnarumma, make the decision. Like we is too much. Like what are we doing? What's our tactics? What are we doing? Who's in goal? Who's playing? Is it back three? Who knows? Like start making decisions, and I think that will earn some respect from the team. If you say, "Hey guys, this is the way we're playing. Let's go with it," and I think they will respect that a lot more instead of this. Like, well, what do you think we should do? And I, like, I don't know what well, what's I, I our style what of play to sit back and just wait to get steamrolled by teams like City. Like, let's be more proactive. Let's make decisions to be more offensive and score goals and and tighten up yeah. on defense and play a different formation like come on potch like well yeah. december is, like is the month that needs to happen it's like you're reading my tweets here because that's number five i don't know if that's what you, i don't know if you're saying <laughs> i'm really not i'm really not i think we're just on the same brainwave here they have to start being aggressive i'm sorry where you have uh, you know i've been for for the situation psg's in i've been very um lenient about certain things but we're getting to a point now where look you got two months of games that don't necessarily matter but you got to start building it now you got to be aggressive i'm sorry you, you, you it's hard to win major competitions by being as passive as they are and i don't necessarily mean you have to try to be the team that wins ball possession you can be atletico madrid if you want like Atletico, I think this team should be Atletico Madrid on steroids, and they have all the capabilities to do it. And you know, they can't just because it's in that game they sat back, they sat back, and they were in a good position for the most part. But then all of a sudden, City just gets too much of the ball and they just get steamrolled. Like that can't happen with the talent you have. You cannot get steamrolled, steamrolled like that. By the same and, play, the same pass over and over and over. Yeah, you can't get it, it's it's just not it's not good. It's embarrassing to a degree. But, you know, we'll see. December, this is gonna be a big month here because I think you're gonna need to see some progress, or I think firing Pochettino will be on the table. Is there any other manager out there? I mean, we talk about Zidane, but I know our friend Carl Oscar Kalstrom has a few uh, managers that he's looking at. But for me, it's yes. Zidane or just stay with Poch. I don't think there's yes. anyone out there that's... No, no, yeah. it's 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 Zidane. It's because you could... I'm not going to the Austrian or the Dutch League for... You know, I don't need Tuchel 2.0. I, I don't need Tuchel 2.0. Because the reason Tuchel worked at Chelsea is because Chelsea had a bunch of players that fit exactly what he wanted to do, and he didn't have to overhaul the squad, and he could ask them to do things, and they'd do it. You need a man-manager who also at least has an understanding of how to win these sort of high-pressure games. and You need someone that Mbappe and Neymar are going to get excited about, and Messi. That's the type of manager that you need. Someone that they are going to be excited to play for. And so we can, they can get them up for a big game, and okay, as well as those league on matches. I, I don't think that's a. Pro- I don't think again. I, I I think this this is not an effort issue. This is a, this is a fun fundamentally. It's a formational issue, and it's a Marco Verratti issue. That's fundamentally what this mm, is. Like, definitely a Verratti up, issue. They get up for the games. They're they're playing hard. They're and, working. And I even said against City, they. 
I didn't agree with the tactics, but PSG looked confident. Like they knew what they were going to do. They looked confident on the ball. They weren't scared of the moment. And in past years, we maybe have seen a little bit of that, but they looked very calm and all that. And and the tactics were shit. And so that's why they, we got beat, but I thought they looked well prepared for what Poch was trying to do. It just, I don't think it was the right thing to do. Well, no, once you get the lead, it's almost counterintuitive, but you almost want to be more aggressive once you get the lead. Like you want to, you want to, once you, I think you, I think the first half they were tactically fine. I think you want to get city into the second half without scoring. You get them nil, nil, you get that goal. And then I think you just have to be aggressive at that point because you look at the, they must've gone into the locker room and said, Hey, you know, Red Bulls up four nil against Bruga. This game doesn't even matter anyway. Like, Do you think they knew the score of the other game? Think someone told I, I, them? I think they should have. Yeah. Because I think I think honestly I think Pochettino should have sh- changed his tactics at that point. And say, look, hey, we're already in. Yeah. So we don't have to try to play for a draw here to get a point. You know, we don't have to try to play that game. Once you get that lead, just go after them. And if you give up goals, whatever. But they 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 sat back. They got pinned, and they gave up. They kept giving up that pass because. Also, I will say, bringing in it was smart of Pep to bring in Gabriel Jesus because it forced PSG to collapse in on a central striker, and that yeah. opened that pass up. So it wasn't necessarily PSG just being awful, as you know, it, it was that, but it was also um, Pep makes a smart little decision to bring in, and that's something PSG need to do more of. Which is, look, yeah, you're gonna bruise some egos here, but if Pochettino's planning on going to Manchester. Who the heck cares if he bruises egos? Put a Cardi in there so that somebody that they have to respect in the box and, you know, play Mbappe and Messi or play, you know, you're going to have to do that at some point. You can't, um, you know, a Cardi is a valuable weapon. He's shown to be one. And you saw it when City brought in Jesus. It, it changed the way they were able to... They, they opened up space when they put him in the game. I've never bought into Mbappe being a pure nine. I, I think... He's, I think a Yeah, nine. I think a Cardi is who you play there. Neymar and Mbappe are uh, on the wings. And if you want to put Messi... Yeah, but that's... You know. I mean, you could play a 4-2-3-1, but I don't like the 4 I, Again, I think... I think offensively you're going to get more out of those fullbacks in a four, in a three, four, three than you are in, in any kind of four, uh, four formation. Um, yeah. well, let, let they, me, should do is they should bring in a Cardi with yeah. 70 minutes to go in the game, 75 minutes to go in the game to give PSG the ability to play somebody centrally. And maybe and he, yeah, maybe he's means- in place instead of Neymar and he finishes that. Icardi is great at scoring those little cheap little goals in front of that. I mean, yeah, Look, put him in you there. Have to, you have to. They, they have this problem where it's like they have to play the three guys all the time, and it's like, no, you don't. You don't have to do that. You can, you know, especially again, if if Kylian Mbappe is not going to resign with the team, and this is another thing, and I, I don't want to go too long because we're already about at an hour, but I think that it's an this this sort of quixotic hope that Kylian Mbappe is going to stay around is sort of just that it it's quixotic it's it's sort of i think um not level-headed and i think this idea that you can bring in you know that you you know what i mean like i i just i i really wish that you know 
for the betterment of the team, if he's not going to go around, then you can tactically sub him out of the game to bring in an Icardi. Like you can. And who do cares that if he doesn't not... like it? Yeah, if if you know he's leaving, who cares at this point? You got to win the. You got to win the. You got to win. I mean, we and are basically like... one month away from him being able to sign a pre-contract with Real Madrid. That's where yeah, we're at right so now. What difference does it make at this point? It's like just try to do. Like, and this is what so many PSG managers do this. And it's like, it's just annoys the hell out of me, which is just die with your boots on. Go out and do, you know, that's an old saying. Like, you know, if you're going to die, die with your boots on. And what that means is you want to, you want to, you want to go out doing what you do, doing your style without having to, you know, worry about, well, what is this person going to think? What's that person going to think? It's like, if you're going to leave anyway, just do be aggressive. Do what you want to do. And to, that, and, to, and to that point, I mean, when you said that the, the players went in the locker room, they knew the score and they had already advanced, and you had Ramos on the bench, for the last 20 minutes, go to a back three and see how it works against a team like City because it's like you're not going to have a, a, a team of that quality opposition for a, a while, probably two months, right? So yeah. see what it looks like against a team like that for 20 minutes. You're going to advance anyway. That, and so to your point, die with your boots on. Like, let's roll the dice. Let's let's try something yeah. new. Because what you're doing, you're getting the results for the most part, but it doesn't look good. I mean, it is some really awful football to watch right now. I mean, a lot of the, the fans are saying Pochettino out, and we, we kind of disagree with that a little bit. But you can't deny that the, the performances on the pitch are just absolutely, like, mind-numbingly just painful well, to watch. It is not attractive football. I, 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 and I will say I, I, I'm, I like, a, a degree away from you on that. Like, I think there are times where this team looks really good. It's just few and far between. It's Too just far. They'll have, a, they'll, have the, they'll have the 45 minutes against not where they look really good, and then they'll go into the second half, and they'll look pretty bad for 30 minutes, and then they'll be a little better at the end. Or, you know, the game, you know, the game against City where it's like you're pretty stalemate them for the first half. Not great. But then you look good for about 15 minutes and then you look crappy for the final 30. Like they have not been able to play a full 90 minute game all year. That's really obvious. There have been signs of this team looking good. I I will disagree on that. I don't think it's all just been terrible, awful play. I mean, I literally watched last year when this team looked awful under Tuchel, and no one wants to mention it. No one wants to remember it because everyone just wants to remember Chupal Moting scoring against Atalanta and 3-0 against Red Bull. Like, I'm sorry. They looked terrible in the in the last year, as, as bad as they look now. I wouldn't say necessarily 100% worse, but they were a little bit I think they looked a little worse last year than they did this year. And let's not forget the and, Manchester United the season before um, Tuchel was sacked. What, well, what about the Manchester United that year where they lost 3-2 at the Park, 3-1 at the Parc des Princes, and then they lost to Red Bull Leipzig in the mm-hmm. Champions League? And it took a Marquinhos goal and a Fred red card for them to even get out of the, that group. So, yep. again, it, let's – I just – I want to have everything in perspective. They're not playing the way that they should be playing. This is a team that, that is has A-plus talent that is playing at about a B-minus B level. And that's not good enough. It's not Fair. acceptable. I think you're but right is on. It, is, it, is it worth them firing the manager to then bring in 
Well, they don't know who they can bring in at this point. It's for us. Yeah, I think I'm we saying. agree. It's, not, it's Zidane or, or Keep Potch. That's it. Yeah, I think that's where we are because I don't think anyone's going to come in. I don't think that you know we're, we're you know to speak of Carl like if they bring in the Dutch the H Ajax manager Ten Hag, what is he going to do? With, is he going to go tell seven time Ballon d'Or player Lionel Messi to go play his Ajax system? Like no. fuck no, no. No, as like, I'm sorry. I think he's going to tell Neymar to go. Like, you just can't bring in a guy, and they're automatically just going to fix the team. Like, and it's not to say that the IX manager or his system aren't good. They are. They're they're probably great. They would work at a lot of other teams, but PSG requires a very specific type of manager who has the tactical wherewithal as well as the credentials. And right now, Zidane is the only one available. So that's why it has to be him. It's nothing bad against the IX manager. It's just it's not a good fit. It wouldn't work. Not right, not right now it's a good fit. Unless the philosophy point. changed and PSG went to all academy players and all of that, then sure, we can be the, the French IX. But that's not where we are right now. Yeah, but also, once PSG, honestly, and this is going to be the thing, once PSG win the Champions League, a lot of the pressure is going to go off. And I think you're going to see a club run in a lot more of a normal way. I think you're going to see a lot less knee-jerk stuff. I think you're going to see a lot more building. But they they, they got to win the thing. Like, that's where this comes down to. And that's why they're putting all their chips in the table. They're, they're, they're throwing all their chips to the center of the table. That's well, what they're doing. Well, we, we are coming up on an hour, Mark. But I, I have one more question for you. If you look through yeah. the groups, and I can read them for you. You know, PSG are going to finish second. A lot of the groups are pretty much sealed up by now. There's a couple, yeah. you know, Chelsea and Juventus in Group H. But... Who who? Let me ask you two questions. Who do you think PSG will draw? But and who do you want them well, to play? Well, how, well, I don't know who I think they'll draw. Okay, because that that's not how I because you know the the draw well, it's is rigged, definitely so. it's that de- yeah yeah <laughs> but okay so here's what I think I think what's going to happen because it's the only possible way that this can go because the good Lord will never give me two months of peace. <laughs> it's going to be Chelsea. It's going to be Tuchel coming back, and it's going to be two months of that. So I always figure out which is what's the draw that's going to be the most pain for me. Last year was Barcelona, and that's what they got. They got would, the most pain. Would that be more painful? Would Chelsea be more painful than Pochettino leaving for Manchester United and then PSG drawing Manchester United? Um, no, because I think PSG have already had their bad loss to Manchester United okay. in the Champions League. I don't think I don't I honestly that's the thing you know I don't know I guess this is an indictment on Podge but I wouldn't be afraid to to play against a team he managed. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. Um, I'll tell you who no, I don't. It, yeah, go ahead. It's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be Chelsea. Just the the, the way this 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 crap always goes. I wouldn't mind playing a Juventus or even Bayern is. I mean Bayern's good, but I yeah. mean PSG have have a matchup thing they could take advantage with that. But you know. Maybe they'll get sporting, or maybe I don't know. But, no, but more, it would be it would be Ajax, and maybe Ajax wipes the floor with us, and then Carl will be laughing at all of us. Yes, well, I I, I know who he'd be rooting for in that game. Well, I I'll tell you who I don't want to see is Liverpool. They will carve us up like Thanksgiving turkey. It will be not pretty. I do not want to see them at all. Um, I'd love to see Ajax. I think that would be good. But for me, kind of like you, I think it's going to be Real Madrid. I think they want that Mbappe, Real Madrid preview and all that. Oh, and yeah, that would be fun. 
Yeah, be, I think that's be, what we're headed that'd towards. Be another, that'd be another two months of pain, but... <laughs> that's my pain. I think it's, it's going to be Real Madrid. But I actually like that, Matt. I think they beat Real Madrid. I actually oh, yeah, I do, too. I do, too. I think they beat Real Madrid. I, I, would, I would be happy with that. I think they beat them. It would be great. I would love to see that. Traffic on the site would be fantastic. Um, <laughs> um, so, and then, hey, well, a little shout-out for Lille, um, ahead of Salzburg in Group G, so... Our league on buddies there doing well. Hopefully, we'll progress to the next round. Um, That'd be nice. Yeah, but Mark, anything else? Any other parting shots here as we get ready to head on out? We just hit the hour mark here. No, I think we're good. Um, gotta go back to working on the tree. So um, you can follow me at Mark Damon Nine. Um, hopefully, um, if you, I hopefully you don't just read my Twitter and you listen to me fully explain. Because I don't think we've been light on Pochettino here in this podcast. I don't think I've been a I don't huh. think I've been a Pochettino fanboy, or I'm on the the PSG Pochettino payroll here. I think I've been pretty honest of the deficiencies of this team. Again, there's a difference so. between there's a difference between fundamentally, you know, there's a difference between, fundamental difference between believing that the team has room for improvement and that the job is not being done well enough right now. And asking for the manager to be fired every time they give up a goal. Like, I think there's a difference. So, I just want to say that. Fundamentally, mm. you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. And, yeah, I don't think we've been light on Poch. I, I said it's been, you know, really difficult to watch this team play. It's been abysmal. The performance has been terrible. But the results haven't been that bad. You know, we're going to advance. We're leading league on. Like, everything that we would want to be at this stage, I think, is there. Now, It's I think what most people are concerned about is, is this level of performance, is the tactics that Poch is deploying, can that actually beat City over two legs? Can that beat Bayern Munich over two legs? Can this, is this good enough to get to the finals? And their well, point of view is it's not. And I well, think our I mean, point of view... Yeah, go ahead. Well, 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 <laughs> if this were a two-legged tie... PSG would have won. That's true. It is true. But the mentality is a little different in the group stage. They, they would have won 3-2 on aggregate. Well, actually, if the teams tied in the standings, it would be. If the two teams tied on points in the group stage, you know, it would decide it would be the aggregate. So, That's yeah, PSG won on aggregate. So, <laughs> I, know, I, I know it's not the same thing, but, you know, if you want to play that game, yeah. Over two legs, PSG beat City on aggregate. And, and you made a comment. You, you said PSG should be Atletico Madrid on steroids. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, my uh, Real Salt Lake, we won a playoff game with zero total shots. I'm completely fine with winning football matches like that. I'm completely fine if PSG somehow get to the Champions League final, don't record a shot, and win on penalty kicks. I am totally fine with that. But you are... Living on a razor's edge, you are playing with fire. Whatever analogy you want to use, it, so if that if we go with Poch, I think that's what fans are just going to have to be getting used to. That we are going to be living on the edge, and let's just hope we can keep riding our luck and win the Champions League. We certainly have the quality to do it, um, yeah. but that's I think that's what it is. If Pochettino sticks around. You, a lot of people are going to be having heart attacks. So I think it's going yeah, to be. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they will be. But is it, is it implausible to think that they won't start playing better? No, I think, and I hope they will. Like you said, Ramos is coming back. Let's see what he does. It's decision December. 
Does he go to the back three? Is Donnarumma the man? Are we going to start, you know, putting teams' feet to the fire and just start blowing them away with our offensive firepower? That's what we need to see, and, and we've got plenty of games in December to uh, see that. So, all right, Mark. Well, thanks so much. I'll let you get back to your tree. I have not put up any decorations for the holidays, so I need to probably get on that. Um, I'm being a little bit lazy, but I before I do any decorating, I'm going to get this podcast up because people have been blowing me up. Where are the podcasts? Da, da, da. So I appreciate you guys all being patient with us um, just with the holidays and being busy and all that. The podcast has been a little slow to come out, but we are doing our best. So hope you, hopefully you've enjoyed this one, and we'll, we'll try to keep them up with a little bit more regularity. So thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm Ed, PSG Talk. You can find, follow me on Twitter at PSG Talk. And uh, until then, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. All right, well, after now.